Kyle, Graham, are you ready for some role play? Oh, oh hell yeah. yeah. Where we discuss deception and hidden roll games. I'm your host Kyle. Behind the scenes is Alex, and joining me is my co-host Graham. What's up? What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Now today, our game review is talking about Spyfall, a game by Cryptozoic Entertainment. Tell us how to play Spyfall. All right. So the game is made up of a bunch of short rounds and each round all the players will find themselves at a certain location and in the standard game there's 30 separate locations that they can be at and there's a player who is always the spy and the spy's mission is to determine where they're at based on the questions that they're hearing and as a non-spy you want to obviously catch the spy but doing so, you need to ask questions that don't give away necessarily where you're at. And so you'll pass out the cards, you'll get your roles, and then the game just begins by just asking questions. And the dealer gets to ask the first question. They get to ask anybody. They ask, let's say you and I are playing, I'll ask you a question, you answer, and then you get to ask the next question. And play goes on for eight minutes, unless the spy or someone else stops to accuse someone prior and uh, and the spy either wins by uh, finding out where they were or having another member accused of being the spy and the other players win by finding the spy. Yeah, simple enough. It's a pretty hands-off game design, right? You've just got these, these location cards, someone's a spy, and there's no real direction what to do after that there's no instructions like in werewolf there's no like turn taking it's just kind of all right go figure it out right mm-hmm. um yeah. this weekend we ended up playing this game remotely on a site called spyfall.app and it's not the um it's not the original um game but it is uh, a free outlet for you to play online can you tell us what the difference then is between playing this online and playing it with the standard boxed edition? In all fairness, they're fairly minor uh, inconveniences, and there's a couple pros, but the art's a little different. It's not as detailed as the card art you would get in the normal game. Um, but there are other options that you can only do online. You can adjust the length of a timer. You can shorten it or lengthen it depending on what you want to do, I guess you could do that in person with like a stopwatch or your phone alarm if you really wanted to. You also have access to different kinds of packs online. There's We tried, there's like an adults only, an outrageous. Uh, so they can really just theoretically just patch in different packs if they wanted to over time. Um, and really that's about it. Right. So I first played this at your house. What was your first exposure to Spyfall? <laughs> it was that first time as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, both of us own this game, so both of us thought it was uh, cool enough to own it ourselves. 
then I like to get straight into what makes it a cool game. Why don't we start with a little pros and cons, and mm-hmm. I'll give you the first serve. Okay. Um, you kind of already touched on it, but it is a very easy game to understand what you need to do. Uh, you essentially are literally asking a question and responding to questions. That is all the gameplay asks of you, if you're a normal person, I guess. If you're the spy, also, unlike other hidden role-play games, you're not super... I mean, you have to lie. But the lying isn't as, as intricate as trying to determine a fake role that you are or openly lie about your actual... Uh, I don't know. What, I don't even know how to say this. Your actual character role or whatever. You just need to blend in. So I feel like accessible, yeah, accessibility-wise, that makes for a rather easy time for people. Yeah, I'm. I might disagree with you a little bit on the ease of lying. To some extent, I feel like it's harder to lie, especially if you're not used to playing deception games, um, just because of the virtue of the questions you might get, and then you might just be like stuck or SOL depending on what you were asked if if you're like let's say asked the first question or if you're the one asking the first question that can sometimes be even worse but as far as uh, the ease of setup and how few people you need to play this game it's a three to eight player game and with just three people you can play this game and it can be fun it's not going to be like diminished by having three people I think it it'll have its own charm actually um, we played this mostly with five people. One of my pros then um, would be how satisfying it is to play just uh, like a process of elimination type of game. Um, and this comes this is from both sides. If you're playing as the spy, then you're trying to process of eliminate, okay, which locations could they be at? As soon as someone answers a question, you're like, oh, I got to like, trim this list down. So I'm just going to throw out couple of these locations and start narrowing my list and on the other hand when you're not the spy your process of eliminating oh that person gave a really good answer to this location they are not going to be the person i think is going to be the spy so no matter which side you're on you're kind of playing a similar game which i find as an interesting uh, from a design standpoint you have another pro for us um i think it's different enough from that uh what i really like when you are the one of the non-spies i really like the way it forces you to ask a question to get to a point about a location without making it overly obvious what you're going after if that makes sense it makes you uh have to be more creative with the way you deduce things you can't really you can't say to someone you know is it sandy where you're at? Because then spy knows you're at the beach or whatever. Um, it just makes you think outside of the box, get a little out of your comfort zone to try to figure things out. And I enjoy that. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's of all the other games we've been reviewing lately that there's as much nuance on the town, quote unquote, side of the game. Having to to generate those questions yourself does add that little bit of spontaneous creativity. Did you have any more pros? I've only got one left. Uh, uh, go for it. Um, it's pretty hype when you guess the location correctly as the spy. 
it's not as hype when you like last to the end or if someone else gets uh, voted out, then you're kind of like, whoo, that was close. But when you mm. actually know where everyone is, yeah, stop the clock. I've got this because it's, it's simultaneously like you guys didn't catch me and I'm about to nail this. Right. Uh-huh. It's like a double win, double whammy. It does feel good. Did you have any others? I'm good. All right. Then I give think. me a con. Um, Con. Let's see. Question fatigue. Elaborate. So while there's other elements to... I'm, I'm trying to think. This is by no means comparable on face value to like Werewolf, but I believe in terms of social deduction games, it is actually kind of similar in regards to almost all the gameplays just talking um, in a time-condensed day phase or whatever. But in Werewolf, there's different roles. You know, transporter. uh, Not transporter, but yeah, uh, troublemaker. You know, people do stuff, and that brings in outside knowledge to the game. Whereas in Spyfall, there's never... No one's mixing up cards. Nobody's got any roles, abilities, or anything. Every location comes down to asking questions the entire game is just asking questions and there were a couple times in our playthroughs where certain questions just kind of became staples for people where they would just lead off with what's the cell phone service like Hmm. stuff like that yeah the longer you play it the, the smaller the pool of questions seems to get there's a funnel effect or you just kind of get lazy and you're like, okay, what was a good question from the last round? Right. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the other side of that coin we were talking about earlier of the pro of you have to come up with some questions and that's some nuanced gameplay. Well, on the other hand, you're like, I've been playing for two hours and I'm tired of coming up with questions. Yeah, there's only so many questions you can think of in one night. Right. And especially yeah. when you're asking the same audience over and over again. Yeah, you can also like cumulatively, like collectively, you guys can get tired of asking questions. But you see someone else, yeah. you're like, okay, it's not just me. Right. Yeah. But that's also, you know, like assuming you're playing this over and over again, you could just play, you know, like for 20 minutes, and put it back down. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're playing just to kind of fill either, fill the space in between more heavy games or just need something to kill, yeah, 45 minutes or whatever, it's usually not an issue. One of my cons is the conundrum of playing this with physical cards. The first time I played this game, um, I, you know, you know me. Sometimes when I play games, I try to find the outer limits of what's allowed. Sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sometimes. And... So there were times when we first played this where questions like would become like uh what uh what is he wearing? And like if there's one guy like noticeably in the picture, you might just like ask something really specific to the card. Or, or like warm colors or cool colors, which can like really narrow it down while being vague, but like if if you're using a card that's like noticeably one or the other then it seems kind of cheap and and right. 
if you keep taking that down that slippery slope, you can get to the point where you're like, I'm looking at the embassy card right now, for example, and there's a a picture of an icon in the corner in a picture frame. And I could just be like, notice anything stand out to you in the upper right-hand corner? And like, of course, anyone who has the location would be like, okay, well, he's not the spy because it, it's not like if, if I asked about the lower right-hand corner, that'd just be the ground and the chair. Like that's not as special as this very specific thing, right? So you can get kind of cheesy with it. And while we did that the first time we played, we made a ground rule this weekend when we played where you could not ask card-specific questions. You could only talk about the location more generally speaking, which is kind of hard to tread sometimes because there's there's a middle ground in there. But I do think that this game should be played with a rule where you cannot reference the card specifically, like as a color or what is physically in the picture. Agree. You have another con? Uh, it's kind of minor, but I'll bring it up. The roll on the bottom of each card at each location, you don't need them. Oh, that Get was my next cut. Yeah, good. Yeah, just what's the point? It, it is, only confuses people. It's encouraged in the rule book for you to play with them. It says it makes the gameplay more interesting. But for example, on the embassy that I'm looking at right now, you might receive a card that says diplomat or security guard or secretary. And let's say I get secretary at the embassy. And I'm like, first of all, there's it's really hard to balance to what extent do I answer the question in regard to the place I'm at or the person that I am. And putting like trying to do both at the same time can be really difficult. Like if you got asked a question specifically as a secretary, you it's like in this picture, it's like the secretary of defense, but you might someone might not get that part of it and you might think it's more logical to answer your question as your role as like a secretary in an office or this one is uh, a tourist at an embassy a tourist could be at the beach a tourist could be at the zoo there are some of these that are too vague and that can be like a thing that entirely throws off the scent and totally undermines your trying to hunt the spy i i feel like if if the game is encouraging you to use these i wonder if it's because the spy wasn't winning enough in their testing you know are they trying to make the game easier for the spy by encouraging the role play element you see i feel like it overcomplicates things because like you said like you got embassy and you have secretary so if someone asks you the question along the lines of kyle do you come here often now kyle on a personal level do you go to embassies a lot no no as a secretary that works at an embassy, do you go to embassies a lot? Yeah. yeah. So, which if you answer the which way you're supposed to answer the questions? Like, I don't want to spend a minute hashing out is this que- the question for Kyle the secretary or Kyle right. the player? Game, so, and I mean, you can't like I guess with the tourist, you might be able to say like someone might ask, maybe that's a question you want to ask in your friend group. Like, what's your role at this location? And depending on if I'm the tourist, I might be like, this could be a lot of places. I'll say the tourist and I'll narrow it down so people understand that's a viable place I could be. But if I say I'm the refugee, 
the spy might just be like, that's only one place it could be. It's the embassy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I never use mine. Yeah, me neither. I, I don't think they add very much to the game personally. No, I don't think they either. But another funny one was the, uh, the alien in space. <laughs> See, how do you answer questions? How do you answer alien? questions as the alien, right? You're, you totally could throw people off. Yeah. I mean, could it, it could make it funnier. I mean, it adds to the party game element, I guess, but sure. it doesn't add to the competitive, like, I want to win the game element. Right. All right, so since I stole one of your cons, give me one, if you have more. I've only got one more, and I want to end with it. So do you have any more? I do not. Then let's get to my final one, which is a discussion I would like to have, and that was of uh, quite a bit of um, enmity toward the end of our big word <laughs> toward the end of our session this weekend which was the point scoring in this game which you've not brought up yet but is interesting so according to the rule book if the spy wins the game by guessing the location they get four points if the spy wins the game by having someone else voted out wrong, wrongfully, they also get four points. If the spy gets, and I should say that this never happens, this has never happened in, in my experience playing the game, but if the spy wins because no one can agree to vote anybody out, so that would mean everyone would, after the eight minutes are up, you would each get the chance to accuse someone and you guys would all vote, and if it's not unanimous, you move on to the next person. But if, I, if everyone has had the chance to accuse someone, and no one can agree unanimously, then the spy wins by default, and it's only worth two points. Never yeah. happens. So then the scoring for the non-spies is everyone gets a point if they win, and if someone, um, let's say the, the spy gets voted out, Whoever accused the spy first would get two points. If the spy um, would lose without getting accused, like no one got voted out, then only one point would go around. Or let's say the spy revealed themselves and guessed incorrectly, then everyone would get a point. No one would get two points, right? So I did some, uh, so I kept score while we were doing our games this weekend. It's, it's time we revealed how the rounds went. Uh, you want to guess offhand um, how many rounds the spy won out of the total rounds we played? Like what percent? Um, I'm going to say spy won 55% of the time. What? No. No? You thought the spy won more than half the time? That's what it felt like. Wait, are, 30? Are you, I'm saying the rounds, not the games. So. Oh! Oh, so the oh, so we played three. Wait, oh, well, yeah, that's still yeah. So thirty-three percent. It is thirty-three percent. Yeah. Okay. So we played fifteen rounds and the spies won five times. I guess it it wouldn't have made sense either if I said the games because you're not a spy when you win the game. You're you know you're collectively adding right. up five games or however many you want to assign. It doesn't have to be set to five, but. Um, so the spies won 33% of the time. I feel like that's the right number. Um, it feels good, yeah. Yeah. And the 
number of points that it was required to help you win in two of those games, the person who won had seven points, and in one of those games, the person who won had 12 points. So Is that you? Yes. <laughs> so to get to those numbers, you have to win as the spy at least one time. So it's a lot closer in the scoring if nobody wins as the spy, but... If even one of those five rounds someone wins as the spy, it's like impossible for everyone to else to win because you get four points for one of those rounds, and then for someone else to beat you, you would have to get zeros other rounds. But that would mean someone else was winning as the spy, so you would we would lose anyway because you would have like tied with them as being the spy or law or you would have won fewer times as the spy. So to win the game without having the opportunity to be the spy and winning uh, cor- correctly as the spy. And I just feel like fundamentally, just because I, but by variance, didn't get to be the spy in those five rounds, I I would like to have the opportunity to win the game. Yeah, no, I agree. Um to get to yeah. seven points in five rounds, you would have to like be the one who accuses the spy correctly, like at, at least three of the five rounds. That's intense. Or wait, no, you can do it two rounds. So you can do it two, and then three. You have three one pointers, but the spy would never be able to win the game, right? Right. Which is unlikely, because we just said thirty-three percent of the time. In our experience, the spy wins. It's not a good scoring system. No, it's not. You could so, technically tweak it with some house rules, either increase round or well, I already forgot the way we're putting this. Increase the amount of games in a round or yeah, tweak the points some. Yeah, you couldn't decrease it because then the number would st- no. like stand out even more. That's what I'm saying. You'd have to make it eight. I don't know. I wonder what I kind of want to. I don't want to play anytime soon because you know, we got pretty fatigued playing it uh, as much as we did. But I kind of would like to see a big sample size of uh, scoring where the spy only gets three points because I feel like that could make it close enough where someone who didn't win as the spy could win. But maybe not. I'm not sure. Or maybe. Maybe upping the number, if you accuse the spy correctly, you get three points instead of two. Maybe both. Maybe Mm -hmm. the spy only gets three for winning and everyone else gets zero. The non-spy, everyone gets one point and the accuser gets three points. Um, Maybe something like that would be interesting to toy with. You have to imagine that the game designer toyed with those things, right? I I would think so, but something that just struck me, it's kind of troubling, is... We were doing this with five people over five rounds. It feels like if you increase the player base to the max of eight and you're still playing only five rounds, now you have even less people likely to be the spy and the variance is just going to be all over the place. Yeah. Unlike other games where you add werewolves um, or, you know, uh, fascists and other games or aliens, you know, in the last three games we've reviewed for the number of players going up in this game, but you got three or you got eight, there's one spy. And so the opportunity to be the spy is very 
uh, indicative of who is going to win the game after five rounds or however many rounds you play. I would imagine, yeah, with eight people too, it's probably easier to win as the spy mm-hmm. because you probably aren't being asked questions as frequently. You're getting, I mean, you're hearing the same amount, I guess, but you're hearing more correct answers if you're not being asked as much and uh, getting eight people to agree with something before the timer up seems tough. Yeah, we've never played with eight people, but I can't imagine eight minutes being enough for eight people either. Right, yeah, that's like two questions apiece probably, if that. And then there's always a time during the round where someone stalls because they're like, I can't think of a good one. Or you took my my question, now I have to come up with one on the spot. And there's no time for error in that kind of situation. Um, So I guess my my follow-up question to that would be, is it worth it to even group the rounds at all? Does it add to the game or does it subtract from the game? Uh, probably on a whole subtracts from it. The biggest difference, I think, in terms of the way UI, our play group might play things, I don't think a lot of people are picking this up to keep track of score while they play it. I think that this is probably a game where you're picking up, like I said, in between maybe a little more heavier, hardcore type games, or maybe with a crowd while some people are eating and drinking or whatever, and you don't want to play something that's too, uh, I don't know, dexterity intensive where you have to move around a bunch of stuff or go through cards and whatnot. You can just pick up a card, look at it, answer some questions while you go about conversing as normal or whatever. And so I don't think the scoring system matters as much. I mean, it still would be nice if it was better. Um, so the roundabout question or answer to your question is, yeah, just throw the rounds out. Yeah. If you're going to keep it's score. pretty easy to compare it to One Night Ultimate Werewolf in that you play really quick, rapid rounds and you play them one after another. And you don't keep score by any kind of... Per, by, uh, cumulative round system and one night werewolf and i can't even think of a good way how you would do that right so why does this game need to do it uh, right i think it's maybe just for people who are used to playing games that have some kind of numerical value like victory points which cryptozoic does have a lot of games like that but i don't know to me i'd like i'd like to be able to fix the system maybe three rounds if you could make the things close enough and then if you won one out of three rounds as the spy, I'd be like, well, I mean, you'd have, you have to basically spike the game to win, right? Mm-hmm. And if, if after five rounds you have the same effect, then why play five when you could play three? I don't know. Maybe you just make the amount of rounds equal to the amount of players you have. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably just better without. Yeah, I agree. So as we mentioned, Spies won five of the 15 rounds we played. Two of those were rounds you were the spy. Yeah. Your spy win percentage was 66 as you won two out of three. And I got to be the spy six of those 15 rounds. (laughs) And I won three of those. As the only spies, I feel like we're pretty qualified to talk about being the spy for once. (laughs) We did it. Yeah. Um... I think we both started getting a, a handle on the game, and I found it pretty interesting how you and I 
uh, went about the, playing the game differently. But I'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. Something that I think is fundamental to playing this game, since it's just a talking game, is the questions that get asked. So I want to talk for a little bit about the types of questions to ask during this game. Okay. What do you think about yes or no questions? I'm not a big fan of them. For example, um, you could ask a question in a couple of ways. Like, you could ask it open-ended, such as, what's your temperature about right now? How comfortable are you temperature-wise? On the other hand, you could ask a question like, are you cold right now? Which is a yes or no question. So which one do you think is better? Oh, it's definitely the one asking for a more specific answer. I already forgot the way you phrased it, but like, how are you like feeling? temperature wise? Yeah. Because, yeah. uh, well, one, I think most importantly of the yes and no, you give them the spy a 50 50 shot to get it right. Um, well, I think this is kind of a 50 50 question, though, too, right? Because you could just say, like, I'm warm, or you could say, you know, I could be sure. warmer. Sure, you could ask, if... answer it vague enough where it's a 50 50, right? Because you don't, there is a, there is a, and a problem with answering things too specifically. You don't want to a- and like get the question, "How what temperature are you?" and then it'd be like, "I'm sub zero, and then the spy just goes, "Oh, because we're in we're in the Antarctic." Yeah. No, no, I I think the open-ended questions usually prompt a more genuine response. I do think there's merit to yes/no questions. For example, the one I used, like, um, like, are you cold? Because saying that could indicate. Like, oh, he know the the asker knows where we are. It's not just you're giving a question to somebody. The other side of the coin is is I want people to know that I know it's cold, right? Nope. Uh-huh. And the negative to that is you're giving more of a clue just by your question to the spy, but you have also helped process of eliminate yourself. So I wouldn't outright say that yes, no questions are bad. But again, if I say, if we're at the beach and I say, are you cold? And I know we're at the beach and I'm a non-spy. That doesn't necessarily mean that I don't know that we're at the beach because I could just be asking to see if the spy gets it wrong or right or wrong. I mean, fair. I don't, I don't really, it's not taking out the, you're not, yeah, it probably looks better if you're at the beach and ask, are you feeling warm? as opposed but i don't know if it's necessarily fair to say it's in that much better than are you cold okay i think i think they both work there i don't know um some of the frequent questions that we had like we said you've been playing this a few rounds people start asking they either get lazy and ask questions from previous rounds or they pick up on that all that question was effective so i would like to ask that question again um some examples are um, when was the last time you were here? How comfortable are you? Like we said, um, how expensive has your trip been? Uh, what's it smell like? Uh, did you bring? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one. I, I don't know if I'd recommend that. No, one, but, uh, would you bring your family here? How far did you travel? Um, did you have a favorite question that was asked? What's your cell phone reception like? Yeah, that was Shout a good out. one. <laughs> At first, I thought that was a giveaway because I was not the spy, and I was like, 
Well, there can't be that many places where your cell phone reception would be bad, but actually... Turns out there are. There are, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, did you have a, a trademark question, one question that you gravitated towards? Uh, I don't know if you're trying to prod for a specific one, because I don't remember one if I did. No, but I definitely did. I Yes. I stole Kate's question. Kate asked uh, one round, are there any animals here? And I just decided, having gone through you know, the thought process that I've talked about on some previous podcasts where whether you're a good guy or a bad guy, it helps if you play the same way both times. And so I just decided to latch onto that question because I felt it was neutral, especially since I got to be the spy too often. And when you're the spy, you have to go first the next round. And so you need to have a a neutral type of question. You don't want to ask something right away that reveals you don't know where you are. So I stuck with, are there any animals here? Yeah. Did you mention that you were spy like five times in a row? I mentioned that I was spy six times, but I didn't mention that I was spy six times consecutively. Yeah. Oh, wait, all six were consecutive? Yeah. So the sixth through tenth times we played, I was the spy for that entire game. And then the eleventh time, the first time of the third set of games we played, I was the spy again. Dirty. And in between, like, the second and third time, someone was like, "There's, it's just so unlikely that he's the spy again, right? And it just kept happening. You can't make that up. (laughs) It was absurd. By the the fourth or fifth time, it was less than a 1% chance. And then, yeah. But, I mean, I guess the previous games don't remember the first or the last one. Or the, wait. Yeah. Right, that's how odds are. Or the, the new games don't remember the previous ones. Yeah, so it's 20% every time, but 20% six times in a row is not very likely. Yeah, I guess to go off of that, like, it was interesting getting to play as the spy so many times because you start to feel like that you're under more scrutiny and people are paying more attention to the types of questions you're asking. And like every every time you're not asked a question at that point, like I was so relieved. I was like, okay, <laughs> I bought myself like another 30 seconds to think about these locations. And that's um actually a pretty interesting part of the online versus in real life experience. So when you're playing in real life, you've got the rule book open in front of you. It has all the all 30 locations on it. But if you're the spy, you can't just be like, oh, what are my places this could be? Let me <laughs> lean over the table and take a closer look. Or, you know, if, if you're happen to be on the side of the table where like reading it would be upside down, you can't be like, hey, guys, do you mind if I turn this around so I can read it a little better? <laughs> Right. Whereas, yeah. yeah, if you're playing this online, then you you've can got, stare at your screen. You've got not only not only access to like staring at your screen. You can, and if you're playing it like via via uh, Discord, like we were playing it, then you can turn off your camera too. Like I was one of only two of the five people playing that had their camera on, so that was another thing I was thinking of was like who could see me like looking like scrolling, trying to figure out what I could eliminate and what I couldn't. 
right? Uh-huh. Yeah, so the the types of questions that you're asking, especially if you're the spy, are going to be more neutral types of questions, especially to begin with. And then I think it helps just for your odds being low as they are at 33% to try to commit the earlier you can to like three or four locations. And then next time it comes to you, ask a question again, at, try to ask a question that's specific to one or two locations and just kind of bank on that. Mm-hmm. I did that when I lost. Yep. Can you be more specific? Do you remember? The... I, I don't remember. I'm trying to think. I thought we were, I'd have to look at the website. I thought we were at a specific location. Yeah. And, I was asked a question and I answered specifically to that location. And my next question, yeah, was specific to it again. And immediately you and Kate were. Yeah, I don't think it pays that. to always be safe. I, I thought it was the right play to, to gamble on, okay, if I nail this, no one is ever going to accuse me. Right. That is so a nice, nice, um, oh, yeah, nice no, transition to uh, into strategies, which is what I want to talk about next. So since we were kind of already doing it, let's talk about strategies for for being the spy then, since we were as successful as we were. Do you have any that you want to start with? Um, always be listening. Mm-hmm. It. Uh, I found myself um, really trying to like remember as much as I could. I I have. A, not the best short-term memory, but I was like, all right, I need to know what they said because that helps me eliminate places. I need to think about cross-referencing that with what they said. You really need to remember what everyone has been saying to narrow down the locations. And I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but I am of the opinion, and I think you'll agree, that spies don't usually make it to the end of the timer. I think once you've been playing this game enough when you're not new, new to the game that the the timer doesn't get to run out and then a vote comes out against somebody else usually people have it down to like you and one other person and then at that point it's a 50 50 and you don't want to be a part of that because usually someone has an opinion that you're the spy by that point so you want to guess to win you want to stop the clock at some point and the way to do that is to be narrowing down where they could be the fastest you could i would focus not on being less less um suspicious uh, on answering the questions the best i would put all your efforts into where are we i agree another thing that i kind of like to subtly do was try to gauge who i thought other people were suspicious of and then when it was my turn to ask questions I would ask them intentionally vague questions to get them to not be able to answer it, maybe as well as people would like them to. Trying to kind of create another suspicious person. Yeah, that's very hard to do, but if you can, more power to you. Yeah. Um, something I thought about as one of the only people who had their webcams on, I feel like I had a much harder time. I'm just going to throw some shade at you for a little bit. I know you had a higher win percentage as a spy than me, not by much. But uh, if if you had the webcam on, this game is harder to play when people can see you. <laughs> because yeah, 
Imagine if during those six times I was the spy, you couldn't see me and I could just click on the screen and, and eliminate the ones that I, I wasn't at. I was doing this all from uh, the, the not only um, thinking about everyone being able to see where, where my eyes were on the camera, but I was also playing next to my girlfriend who was playing and she could see what I was doing. So if, your- if, I, if I like took out my mouse and started scrolling on my computer, she would have noticed like, oh, Kyle's looking at the locations. He's probably the spy. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm, the girlfriend part, that's your fault. But yeah, I get your point. Also, kind of side note, in terms of online versus physical playing, like you're saying, you don't want to be sitting at a table looking at the leaflet five different ways <laughs> trying to figure out where you are. Checking it off online, it feels too good. <laughs> Like being able to just kind of mentally X out and not have to worry about that location at all. That's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Bonus. That's why it was yeah. easier for you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a real bone. Well, I mean, even if I could see you, like if Kate wasn't there, you were here, there's still ways you could get an iPad or something and touch screen it or whatever. So where it's not super noticeable, but just having the option of having what is functionally note taking mm-hmm. online makes it I, honestly, yeah, if you play this in person, 33% might be too high for the spy yeah i think the spy definitely wins more online but that adds a certain excitement to the game um it like 33 percent isn't all that high it's only one out of three times and if the spy's winning less than that in person and and i think they were not only because of the fact that we were asking uh, questions too specific about the cards the last time we played but because of the fact that you can't look at the locations readily, you have to kind of like side eye it from like a yard away. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my some of the strategies I wrote down then were like, where are your eyes? Keep looking at the group, not at the at the cards, not at your location. Um, I don't think it really helps in person to like look at your spy card. Like, I know that was a cheesy thing we did last time. Like. Mm-hmm. What, what on here can I come up with my question on? I don't. I don't think people buy that. Um, right. Have go-to questions that are like neutral ones that you can ask. Like, are there animals here mm-hmm. that are helpful for you and helpful for your suspicions? But the one that I think is most important that I uh, would try to communicate is um, guess early. Um, the earlier in the clock you have uh that you think you can do it do it because the game's totally out of your control if someone stops the clock to guess you um so if you get a suspicion based on the fact that people keep asking you questions you need to guess um if you are thinking that your time is running out but you don't think that people are necessarily suspicious of you um my favorite thing to do is to wait until someone asks me a question and if I don't feel comfortable answering it or I feel like someone is immediately going to accuse me of being the spy based on the way I answer it, I will like let them ask me the question, think about can I get away with an answer for this, and then I will be like, stop the clock, I want to guess. So waiting until you get asked, I find, is a way you can buy yourself a little more time like to not jump the gun, but you still want to ask early. Right. I agree Did you have any that. more any more pro spy strats? Uh, not that I can think of. I think you hit most of them. All right, then let's talk about strategies for catching those spies. Yeah. 
What do you got for me? Um, this is gonna. I'm gonna go kind of off the beaten path right away. Don't be afraid to ask misleading questions. That's a. That's a. I don't know if I'd recommend that one. You're gonna have to elaborate. Um. Well. Everything's information, and when uh, you know that you're a non-spy and you have a location such as the beach, I, I see. I would consider like what I was talking about earlier a misleading question. We're at the beach, and I say to you, feeling pretty cold. I want to see your reaction. I want to see if you confidently answer, eh, "I'm pretty warm," or if you're like, eh, or if it takes you a second to kind of gauge what i'm getting after i don't know i feel like if you add it, and then also it makes the person are you doing this at the end of the round or are you doing this as your first question no uh, it's it's normally more towards the end yeah yeah especially if you think you know who the spy is yeah it i think it would be helpful to yeah try to throw them off the scent yeah especially if yeah. you think you've given an answer already that you think clears you then yeah right yeah what do you got? Um, time management, as always in games like this, it's kind of similar to push the button. The more Ooh. questions you can ask in time, the more likely it is that you're going to find the outliers. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard. And it's Well, it's not kind of hard. It's pretty hard to come up with good questions in a short amount of time to ask more questions, but you got to do what you got to do. It is really hard. Questions. Um err on the side of caution and by that i mean um you want to try to process of eliminate people but you don't want to ask questions that give away your location so if you if you stop and think right before you speak is there a chance that the spy can guess off of the question i'm going to ask then don't ask it try to come up with a more vague way to do it or default to another question because yeah. um, the, the worst thing you can do is ask a question that will give it away. For example, um, relevant to current events, someone uh, asked a question, the location was the police station, and I was the spy. Someone asked a question to somebody else. I was not involved. But they asked, um, do you have any friends here? And one of the <laughs> other... The, the, the responder said, uh, absolutely not. Very, very confidently. Yes, uh, without hesitation. And that that was a giveaway for me that we were at the at the police station. It sounded like, like an inside joke, like a meme. And I was like, there can only be so many places. And then I was already thinking about the police station as one of the possible locations that I was at. So that was a clincher for me. If you think... Your que- like, it's fun to ask funny questions like that because they're, and they were asking a leading question that was for for humor as well as much as it was to to see if they knew where we were at. But mm. if you think a question could give away where you're at, don't ask it. Right. Um, as I said earlier, if you think a question, if you can't think of a good question, um, try to think of a question instead that can clear yourself. Uh slightly different way of looking at it like there are questions that do both but sometimes you can ask a question that makes it clear that you know where you are even if 
that it's not one that's going to clear the person you're asking. And finally, um, accuse. Oh, that was my okay. Yeah. Well, I'll let you don't, have the thunder. Was, and go ahead. I was just going to say, don't be afraid to accuse early because if you accuse before the timer ends, it has to be unanimous anyway. So everybody has to be on the same page. Um, and yeah, if you wait, the spy can stop it any time before you. So yeah, don't be afraid to stop the round in the middle if you have an inkling of who it might be. Because if anybody disagrees with you, they can tell you no. Or they Well, you can't discuss during it, but they can say no. Maybe you get like another question or two out. Hopefully the spy doesn't know where you're at. And yeah, don't be afraid to accuse. Just like if you're the spy, don't be afraid to guess. Right. So if the if the spy's best chances of winning are guessing location, the the non-spy's best chances of winning are catching them before they have the opportunity to guess. And as happened in one of our games, and I thought was like a good um, sample case, uh, someone was accused of being the spy and it got voted down, but only two questions later, someone else accused the same person and it was voted unanimously and it was correct. Like sometimes you just need a little bit more information. Yeah, that's what the game is. It's the knife's edge of determining when the spy should guess and when the non-spy should guess or accuse. Right. We are getting toward the end of our review here. I'm giving you the opportunity to brag. Me? Yeah, would you like to brag? I mean, you just brought up an instance where I was the one that got voted out after the two more questions. Uh, But let's see. Yeah, I won the two other times I was spy. I was the only one in the player group that won a spy and somebody else got accused and it was unanimous. Thanks, Alex. And uh, am I the only one that got it? <laughs> am I the... Oh, wait, no. Kate, Kate and you got one. Was that plus the one that I accused you? The only one, uh, successful accusations we had the entire time? I can't recall. Shoot, let's we'll check the notes. That's about all the bread. No, I'm good. You want to brag at all? A little bit. Yeah, go ahead. So, I mean, it was obviously very memorable for me because I got to be spy six times in a row. Yes, it's a lot. And and getting to win half the time under all that scrutiny was pretty satisfying. Um, but some of the the guesses I got to by association were pretty absurd. Uh, <laughs> um, yes. Things I would not agree are associations. Yeah, one, I think the first time that it was pretty crazy was uh, someone, Alex, I think, asked someone about, did you stop and get gas or something like that? Yes, about a gasoline smell. Oh, you smell gasoline. Yeah, 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 along the lines of like, do you think the gasoline smell will go away? So... As the spy, hearing that is one of the first questions, I was thinking like, okay, so this uh, strong disclaimer here. I did not notice that the gas station was even a location. It's a little service center. Right. So, cause I didn't, I had my, my camera on. I was not going to like look through the, the list. I was like very casually side eyeing it. And <laughs> so I didn't even know that was a location. So if had I known, I might've been thrown off a little bit more, but I was thinking Okay, so maybe there's oil here, maybe. Maybe there's some pollution in the oh area. <laughs> and and a follow-up question after that one was, are you wearing a face mask? 
And the answer was no. And I was like, oh, okay, so we're outdoors and there's pollution. And then I immediately guessed the beach under two minutes. <laughs> under two minutes into the clock, I guess, that we were at the beach. You did that, yes. That was insane. That was insane. That was the point people started getting mad at me. And another I mean. one <laughs> that was pretty fun was um, one of the questions that was asked was, uh, what do you, if you looked out a window, what might you see? And uh, the answer was uh, a street. So I was like, okay, so we're, we're somewhere in like a cityscape. Could be the police station, could be the school. Sure. That's fair. And then the next question was asked to my girlfriend, uh, would you bring a book here? And my, my immediate go-to was like, they're talking about the Bible. Yeah, obviously. And after the fact, the person who asked the question was like, that is not at all what I was referring to. I was just Alex, yeah. Yeah, asking more about like how casual, like, are you the kind of person who'd bring a book here? But <laughs> you could book to a beach. But I did not immediately pounce on it. Instead, the turn came to me to ask a question and I ask you. Uh-huh. Yeah. How's Megan feel about this place? How's your wife feel about uh -huh. this place? knowing that she's someone who goes to church. Uh -huh. And so I was like, man, at that point, I, I was thinking, I was seriously contemplating since I've been this by so many times, I wonder if I should let this go to time and, and try to win that way just to say that I did it. it you know? I cleared you after that question. So. Yeah, I was, and no one was suspicious of me, but I was like, why waste the time? I've got this in the bag. Let's take our victory <laughs> and move on. We're at the cathedral. Ugh. Well done. It was a very memorable night for me, at least. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think it's that time we can bring Alex on. What's up? Alex, how you doing over there? What's up? He's mad. I'm not mad. He's a little mad. Churches already have the Bibles, Kyle. You wouldn't really bring your own <laughs> to a church. They just provide them. They're in all the pews. <laughs> There's literally hundreds of them there. But Technicalities. That's fine. <laughs> Did you have any notes for us? I do not have any notes this week. I'm on a dry streak of uh, notes, <laughs> life notes. <laughs> So if there are any mistakes, uh, someone can let me know. <laughs> Alex wants someone to take notes for his notes. Yeah, someone take notes and then let me know what the notes are, and then I'll let you guys know. We'll send out I a think patch. think that'll work. We'll, talk you, we'll patch the podcast. How about we mix it up? I will rate the game first. Oh, okay. I'm going to give it a two and a half out of five stars my lowest rating to date i as i struggle i struggle a little bit you know i was thinking like two and a half that's like a 50 percent you know as a teacher that's a failing grade but i don't believe that's how stars work i think that's what's gonna ask is that an average then a two five out of five i think two and a half is average yeah okay for me so i think of it more as like it's your you know your your average in the middle uh, two stars would be like need some work mm -hmm. three stars would be like 
I had more fun than I didn't. Two point five is a C. Yeah, I feel like this is like a like a medium fun game for me. Yeah. Um, the pros, obviously, I went through like it is so cool to be the spy and win as him, but I acknowledge that it was very unlikely that I should have been the spy as often as I was. There were some people who only got to be the spy one in fifteen times, and you know that that wouldn't have been as fun for me. Um, yeah, if you're you're playing with eight people like we talked about a fatigue comes in after a while like how yeah. often are you really going to get to be the spy if you're playing max players yeah and the scoring system doesn't really work as much as i want it to and yeah i can't play this game quite as much as i can play the other ones we reviewed i there's, there's nothing wrong with just picking this game up and playing one round of it but i'm the kind of person who likes to play a lot of rounds of a single game and while this game you can do that with it's not the one i would pick first right. overall in my draft i echo your statement 2.5 alex why don't you go next yeah i'll be the pessimist of the group um and i'm gonna say uh two uh, I think it's pretty That's fun. That's higher than I thought you put it. Yeah, well, it has to be a really bad game for me to give it a one. It's uh, it's really fun to play just the normal five rounds, like 45 minutes, but to grind it out for a whole night would be awful. I can only ask how the uh, cell phone reception is so many times. <laughs> I think that's valid you have any other feelings on the game you want to share now that you're on the pod no you guys covered most of it just if you want to win be like kyle and make ridiculous assumptions about questions and then make a wild guess <laughs> on the location you'll be fine you know you just gotta have the have the brain to make the associations my guy <laughs> i guess big brain plays i guess or you need to be a sack I was the only one <laughs> acute, wrongly accused, and I think I was I was very proud of it in the moment because at that point I was very <laughs> tired in the night, and I was like, you know what, I want them to be wrong. Fine. <laughs> I don't know if that's so, an endorsement. I believe the argument against me was, well, you were trying to look for a question. You couldn't think of a question, so. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so salty. I told you he was a little mad when he came up. It's uh, two weeks in a row of me being salty about something. We have to Great. play a non-werewolf uh, game type game for him to not be oh, salty. I like, uh, I like I, other games. I told you. There are future uh, deception games down the pipeline that I really yeah, enjoy. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay. Okay. I, I agree with you, Cal. A nice 2.5 for me as well. That's why I asked if we were concerned. I mean, the perfect average is kind of an oxymoron, but this is the perfect average game to me to where, again, like I've said, you can just pass out the decks and play five, six games of it real quick. Don't keep track of score. Just play it in between heavier games or while you're drinking or eating or whatever and and then just kind of let it go away once it's ran its course. I think that's actually, I guess, kind of plays into its favor. I think it's kind of obvious when this game does hit like the group fatigue level. 
Yeah. So so it's pretty easy to go, okay, we're done and move on. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't had that with the other games we've reviewed. Yeah. No, yeah, the other games we've played so far, I'd be fine with playing over and over again. Really? That about does it. Let's go to our moments of zen. They're back. They're back. Alex, I'm sure you're excited for tomorrow's Pokemon announcement. Oh, I'm very excited. Uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, I, I won't be at the, a Pokemon prevent. But I look forward to watching it. You know, you're gonna be sleeping still. You know, I'll text you oh, yeah. during it. You'll wake up to many texts. Uh, speaking of Pokemon, I've had a very shiny week. Mm, do tell. I hatched the shiny Dreepy, and then I also hatched an Alolan Grimer in Pokemon Go shiny. What's a Dreepy? It's the new uh, pseudo legendary in Sword and Shield. He's it's the baby dragon, dragon type. Yeah. Uh, okay, dragon, baby Dragapult. Okay. Yeah, it's the basic of Dragapult. So now I have a shiny Dragapult. Exciting. You're so close to being level 40 on Pokemon Go. I'm jealous. I know. I'm trying. So I'm what I'm trying to do is line it up to hit 40 on July 6th because that will be exactly four years from when the game released and I started. It's on your on your trainer ID or whatever. It says the date Some you started. Numerology stuff right there. It's just it's just for me. No one will care but me. <laughs> it's just for me. But it's cool. We're so far behind everybody else. Oh, I know. I'm like level <laughs> 17. Well, that's about how far you can get with cast forms only. <laughs> that's the name. Don't wear it out. Yeah, coming from you, mailman, who walks all the time. <laughs> I don't want to drain my battery. You don't need the app open anymore to register footsteps. It just syncs with your wow. your health app, the yeah. Google or Apple Health or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It just takes your Maybe steps from there. Maybe could hatch hell eggs. Well, Graham, I, I think you have the best one this week, so I'm gonna go next. Oh, okay. So, I've been living my best gamer life. Now that uh, you know, summers come and I have nothing better to do I thought about gaining responsibilities but there's a quarantine and you know next semester is probably gonna suck a lot given that everything's up in the air right now and who knows how many students are going to be in my classroom versus how many are going to be e-learning how many double lessons I'm going to have to make and all the trouble that's going to come with like additional communication that's needed it just sounds like a mess and i'm just chilling so it's been real gamer hours i've been playing more games now than i ever have before in my life the next closest time would have been like all the time i put into madden and pokemon emerald when i was in high school combined but this tops that because i'm not like in school and doing homework and things like that so in the last month I have beaten The Last Guardian, Journey, all three Zero Escape games again, 
and Shadow of the Colossus again. And I've decided that uh, I want to be a completionist with Shadow of the Colossus. It's a classic game. It's one that I really like. And it's like the only real action franchise I enjoy. So I, I, re I played it the first time on normal mode. It was fine. And I, it, the, as you accrue playthroughs, your stats keep compiling. So I, now I've gone back and played it on easy. So I've unlocked all those achievements. And I've also done like the map achievements, like go to all 25 shrines, chop up all these lizard tails, accrue all the fruit. You know, so I'm building up my my health bars and all these other things you need to do to to get all the the achievements. So I have to play through like two more times. I have to beat normal mode again with, with time attack, and then I have to beat hard mode with time attack, and I have to beat it in under five hours and forty minutes. So I'm committed right now to like being this better gamer, but now I'm thinking like, well, if I can beat this game on hard mode, and it's kind of like an action franchise game. Maybe I can branch out to other action franchise Ooh. games? So, yeah, the, step it out. so the next one I'm looking at, I want a good story, and I want minimal this combat. Is, this is breaking <laughs> news here. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is huge. And, and I don't like zombie games, and I don't like war, so I don't want to play anything like that. So the, the one I'm looking at is... Horizon Zero Dawn. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm asking you guys, you both of you, not if it's a good game, not if our audience should play it. Do you think one, I would enjoy the game, and two, would I be able to beat the game? As someone with terrible hand-eye coordination who doesn't like shooters. Grandma, I haven't actually played this here. I just know of it. And... <laughs> yeah. Um, you would love the story. You would love the graphics and the world. The combat, there's combat. I don't think, I mean, it's not a lot and you can adjust or you can approach each interaction differently. But I mean, there is a decent amount of fast pace shooting arrows into certain trees and then making a trip wire or um, you need to have the ability to aim proficiently at like weak spots on the dinosaurs. Like you can slow down time for a second with certain things while she's focusing and uh, to better aim, but you still have to be kind of nimble. Yeah. There's only, uh, I think like two of the 16 Colossi in Shadow of the Colossus that really require you to have precision in your bow accuracy while you're riding the horse or while you're on the shoulder of a Colossus and you have to shoot one of them. So I'm like, hard mode is going to be like a decent gauge, I think, for my reaction time when I finally get to that. But I, like, if it's an entire game of shooting things, like while I'm on a horse, I don't know if I could do that. Well, I mean, most of the time your combat's on foot in Horizon Zero Dawn. Um would it offend you to play it on a easy kind of mode? Are you are you anti? Yeah, no, I want to play it on normal or intermediate or something like that. Uh, give it a go. It can't be that much. Yeah, it's not that expensive. So twenty bucks or whatever. I bet for the yeah, like it's twenty ulti bucks right whatever now. ultimate edition would be. 
Yeah. Yeah. Give it a go. I mean, or you could theoretically, I guess, borrow mine sometime. But uh, another side note, and I'll let you go, is that I, I have also I, I'm usually like watching a game as well. Like I usually watch a, a silent walkthrough when I when I'm not playing. I'm usually, you know, that's like my thing. Instead of like because I don't watch TV, so I usually watch walkthroughs of games. So I uh, I watched The Last of Us this week. Ooh. Yeah, with the game with the sequel coming out this weekend, so I'm excited to watch that because. I can't play games with zombies. I, I get really claustrophobic, and I feel like they're touching me, and I can't. I can't even. Do you want? Do you want to come watch me play it through? You know, if you want to stream it, I'll watch. But maybe no, you, you won't play it fast enough because I'll be like, okay, I need to know what happens next, and then you know it'll be ten a.m. and you're at work. I like, I, I do have it. A, I think it was a free game. It was a PlayStation game of the month a few months ago, and I have it on my PlayStation. Oh yeah, I have it. I've got the second one coming. Graham, do you want to share your? Sure. Yes. Was that all your PlayStation? Is that Horizon Zero Dawn the only one you're considering? Uh yeah. I looked at a couple others, but I've kind of narrowed it down to that one. All right. All right. My my thing though. So all right. My wife and my oldest son went to the grocery store, and. Um, just for a normal run-of-mill grocery tra- ship, uh, grocery shopping trip. And my oldest brought along his allowance money. It was like $6 or $7 or whatever. Uh, accumulate. Not We don't give him 6 or $7 a week. He gets 50 cents a week. But uh, So he took that along with him and he came back home. And he came back with this. It's a, it's a transformer, like name brand kind of transformer. But it's very basic. It's like a bulldozer kind of thing and it just pulls open one way you pull open and all the limbs come out it doesn't even have like really moving appendages at all it just kind of pulls out now it's humanoid you push it back together now it's a car but my three-year-old saw this and he instantly needed one as in i was taking him back out to meyer within 45 minutes of them getting home and he got and took his little wallet and went and purchased one that looks like a little jeep and again same thing it's just a jeep you pull it open it's a little humanoid robot that doesn't really do much else you push it back together and it's a jeep and but we had to get it right away he was throwing a fit about it so yeah that's all does he still play with it does he still appreciate it oh it's in his bed right now oh he's sleeping with it (laughs) i don't know about you guys but I always hated the Transformers that were based on cars, and I loved Beast Wars Transformers. And there was no mixing the two. It had to be animals turning into robots. could not be cars turning into robots. Why? Because I'm not, I don't like cars. And I think like it had to do with like growing up being around automobiles and my dad fixing automobiles all the time. I just did not want anything to do with cars. But like wildlife and machines being blended. Maybe that's how I'm, I've arrived at Horizon Zero Dawn, you know? It makes sense now, yeah. I'm tying it all together. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Were you into that you book series, it. the Animorphs or whatever? What did that the have to teenagers, do with the, the, the teenagers turned into animals. I did like always browsing those books. I like to pick up the covers and look at the holofoil and read the synopsis <laughs> on the back, but I never read one of those. But I did do a deep dive 
that's a story for another day on the uh the plot synopsis of the overarching universe of animorphs through their wiki uh like last year and wow that goes to some places like dark places like you would think a a story for for like preteens like that would be like more uplifting than uh you know the hunger games but it's basically all everything is terrible and horrific and you can get turned into a fly for the rest of your life and trapped in a fly's body <laughs> sounds lovely animorphs yeah. is a dystopian nightmare where's the animorph netflix series i'm asking for the animorph cinematic universe DC should get to do Animorphs because <laughs> they're all into me. that gritty stuff and we don't need a fa- another fantasy like oh look at the animals Animorphs we need the the aliens are having an intergalactic like uh, massacre like a, a genocide going on type of Animorphs <laughs> we don't need any more fantasy anything I'm good just turn it all off on that note just all fantasy you're good i'm I'm good i got lord of the rings there's game (laughs) of thrones star wars you guys should all be set we're good you got artemis fowl now huh got artemis fowl now the disrespect for harry potter oh harry potter yeah harry potter you got yeah plenty of stuff marvel dc did you know dc stands for detective comics i learned that today I did know that. Does it really? I did yeah. not know that. Because Batman's a detective. Batman is a detective. Whoa. Whoa. Anyway, that's our show. Thank you for joining us on the Hidden Roleplay podcast. We will probably be doing a mafia review instead oh. of a game review for our next episode. So look forward to oh. that. Anything you want to say before we go? Love you. Peace.